We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy NFL Podcast. I am Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. I'm here with uh, Nate Noling. You can find him on Twitter at Nate Noling, N-O-H-L-I-N-G. We are without Sammy Reed this week. Uh, he's like, what, doing some stupid baseball thing in the desert, Nate? Something like that. And then I think Ingram, Ingram tilt just killed him, so he decided not to come on. I mean, what happened? What like did, did Kamara just dead him? Like, like honestly, well, like what happened? I mean, I think we probably should have been a little bit more concerned. It, I think there was, I mean, after the fumbles last week, we all should have been concerned about his workload this week. I mean, and, he, he he got more carries than Kamara did still, though. But Kamara had, and I don't think that's actually the truth. Kamara had. Um, I, no, I'm looking oh, at it right now, and it yeah. is true. So, but Kamara had all of the workload on the first on the first drive. He was the clear passing game preference with seven targets, and I think the only time that Ingram actually started carrying the ball more was after the game was clearly in hand. Like Kamara was the one who, even during the goal, like it got down to the goal line, and I think on the ten yard line was where they gave the ball to Kamara and got him Ingram's work. I mean, I mean. It wasn't just that Kamara had a good game. Kamara literally had the workload. He had the workload. Yeah, I think I, I do think Ingram had like four carries on that last drive. So that is yeah. definitely a thing. And it was after the game was clearly in hand. But the first half when the game was – I mean, it was tilting, dude. It was tilting. He, uh, I, was I don't tilting. know how bad I should actually feel about the I feel dumb. Him, I feel dumb because I looked back and really I think it was all one report, like one beat writer who was like, no – zero percent chance the workload changes ingram got all the work in practice still and stuff like that i think we know sean payton and we know nfl coaches are stupid about these stupid fumble issues and things like that i think i probably should have felt a little bit concerned about jamming him in because i jammed in ingram everywhere in cash i mean i I definitely thought he was a lock i thought he was a lock too i mean i I also thought that Gurley was a lock but if I had not taken Ingram, my lineup definitely would have – my lineup could have been worse, though, if I didn't take Ingram. Like, I could yeah. have gotten myself to worse construction. I'm not saying that Ingram with his salary was a bad play. I'm just saying I think we all should have been a little bit more uh, cautious. I'm on – like, my biggest tilt of the day was that I didn't f- just play Jared Goff in cash because that was what I, like – I texted you guys this morning, like, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, that's what you should have done. Jared Goff had – 
an unbelievable performance. An unbelievable, like the efficiency was literally off the charts. Like I had to check my numbers. He had 22 pass attempts for 297 yards and four touchdowns. That's like one of the top five efficient games I have in my database going back to 2000. His adjusted net yards per attempt was over 17. I mean, to be fair to him though, he, he got, he ran pretty hot on yards after the catch. Like the one Robert Woods touchdown, like the air, like it was like a two yard screen that was a fifty yard touchdown, and like Gurley had like one long screen that went. I, from I, I get it, but twenty two passing attempts with four touchdowns is is impressive. For no, two. no, I'm I'm in on Jared Goff, man. I think Jared Goff is good. Yeah, this game this game was lit. It was a little frustrating for Todd Gurley because normally Gurley gets all of his value through those. Uh, you know, through those touchdowns that a couple of them were stolen for, from some long plays. I mean, from. he still got two, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it could have been a huge girly smash. I mean, he, he legitimately could have had four touchdowns. Yeah, it could have been a huge girly smash. He could have had the, uh, the Jamal Charles against the Raiders game. Like, that was in play here. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's do, let's do lineup review. You won. I had 158. You had 169. 70. Yeah, I ended up with, like, 170 or something. So, all right. So let's do it. Who did you take at quarterback? Uh, quarterback, I ended up with the um, – I went with the Wilson-Baldwin stack. Um, I think earlier in the day it was, it was tougher to build lineups, but there was a whole lot of value that opened right before lock. And I think that was the, that was the story of the day. You know, yeah, it was tra- all Trey about Burton, the, Trey Burton changed the whole complex of the day. And Ivory too, but I ended up not playing Ivory. But just the news that came out, I think, threw everybody for – a tailspin right before lock, which I don't know. I kind of like because, you know, dealing with NBA the last couple of weeks, it's always, I don't know. I'm actually, I actually like late news because I think it gives an edge to people who know how to make last minute decisions where a lot of people, I think, freak out and overvalue some news and jam in guys like TJ Yeldon and stuff in there, which um, probably wasn't the sharpest move. But um, so I went with Wilson just because I, um, I had a little bit more value after the news and the Wilson, I mean, the Wilson play was pretty straightforward to me. He's, yeah, the Wilson play was good. There, there's he's, no. He's been the best. Like yeah. he's, he's playing at the top of his game right now. Um, he didn't actually have that great of a game. Like he lucked out because of his massive rush, rushing workload in this game. Like, uh, and then the last drive that he had um, was pretty hot. But um, yeah, he had seventy. He had ten rushes for seventy-seven yards which really boosted his value because there were some drives where he was not able to pass the ball at all. And this uh, Washington defense with Norman actually looked really good. So um, yeah, I, I was honestly not, I, crazy about, I was not crazy about your Baldwin play given, given the Josh Norman thing going on there. Well, I mean, here's the thing with Baldwin. I think just with his price, um, I just felt, I don't know. Baldwin's one of those guys where I think when he gets the targets, you know, it's going to be a good spot. And so I just, this Seattle team can't run the ball. And so it was just like, okay, uh, you know, I think the passing attempts are going to be there. And I thought last week was pretty fluky where he let a lot of people down. So I thought I was going to get him at a depressed ownership too. And he was depressed. Like, I'm honestly looking at the box score. I'm like very surprised that both Paul Richardson and Lockett had such bad games, uh, both in terms of like results and in targets in a game where they had no running back. Like, they had, outside of Russell Wilson, they had 15, 18 rushing attempts by running backs. Well, I mean, 
Russell Wilson had a bad passing game. I mean, Russell yeah, Wilson literally had um, an adjusted net yards per attempt of five. He had 45 passing attempts, uh, and he had two egregious uh, picks. It was – I mean, it was not a good game. It just – we lucked out because of that last drive. Um, well, no, I didn't take Russell Wilson. I played Dak Prescott. Oh, you played Dak. Okay, I thought you played I, – I switched. Dak was pretty similar, though. Dak what, put up 26. Yeah, I do actually feel that Dak was a better play, though. Dak probably was. I think the only fear with Dak that I always end up having in cash is that you I think, think Zeke is going to dead him. Yeah, that Zeke just can take those touchdowns. Where with Russ, like you know that Seattle doesn't have a running game. You know, so Dak CJ, is CJ Procise is going to be so hot once they activate him, like for real. Yeah. So I mean, that's my thing is with quarterbacks, like you so need those passing touchdowns. That's why like Rodgers always had such a weekly high floor because you know that he's going to run the ball or pass the ball in the, in the red zone. So. Yeah. Uh, running backs, uh, Gurley and Ingram for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gurley for me is almost just a weekly play and this specifically, I don't think enough people talk about, but this was a pretty smash spot for LA. It was a really fast paced, uh, projected fast really fast paced game, game of the week. Yep. Projected to be a really fast-paced game, and I think this LA offense is just like overall just a really efficient offense. And I think um, you know, I think a lot of people still don't believe in Goff, but man, that, I mean, they move. He's the ball. good. Jared Goff is good. Yeah, they move the ball. Unfortunately, Gurley actually still got um, a lot of his workload taken again from at the end of the game um, by Aaron Jones or Malcolm no, Brown. Malcolm Brown, but also uh, you know, in the first half of the game. Tavon Austin still getting looks, and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, but Tavon Austin was still getting some spots back there, which was frustrating. But overall, um, Gurley still made up for it with the uh, two touchdown rushing. But if you didn't get those rushes from Gurley, it would have been a rough game because he only ended up with three targets, which I think is a season low for Gurley. All right, so are we gonna are we gonna talk about our big debate of the week here? Yeah. I mean, we can do it. Talk so, about your third running back play. So my third running back play, Chris Ivory, and your flex play was Jack Doyle. And uh, Jack Doyle did have one more PPR DraftKings point than Chris Ivory did. But mm-hmm. I'm very convinced you made the wrong play. Because I, I think that what is the worst case scenario you could have seen for Ivory's involvement here, barring like a fumble or an injury? Um, I thought it was pretty possible with – I mean, it was just a shaky workload. Like – I understand that afterwards you can say, oh, he got 20 carries. The workload was so promising. But, like, I very easily could have seen if Yeldon broke one or two that Yeldon could have gotten more workload in this game. Like, it wasn't a very – to me, it wasn't something that I can guarantee. Where Doyle – literally, this is Doyle's last four games target-wise. 9, 14, 7, and 11. He gets the red zone work. Doyle is, like, a guaranteed part of that offense. Over the last six games uh, for tight ends – he is leading all tight ends in target share over the past six games. He has a 27% target share over the past six games, which is huge for a tight end. Like, that's, that's more than most wide receivers over that time period. So I, I, I thought for Doyle's price tag, like, it clearly was, like, to me, something where I just trusted that workload. Like, I mean, I thought Doyle was an incredibly strong play. Like, I wrote him up in my column – and I, for a while, I was toying with the, the Burton-Doyle um, combination that you went with. But 
at the end of the day, I can't turn down a running back who I think, I, I think Ivory's pretty good. And I also think like worst case scenario here, he gets 10 carries, two targets and one crack at the goal line. And it ended up being better than that. And really he should have scored. He really, from, okay. Scored. From like a, from yeah. like a tight end standpoint, getting that many targets where you could literally project 10 targets for him and not be, um, above like and not be an insane projection sure he's getting a higher target share over the last six games than julio jones alshon jeffrey uh keenan allen larry fitzgerald and demarius thomas that's a very high floor for a guy who's 4.3 k where you know, know that workload and instead of freaking out over some last minute news and just giving ivory all of Fournette's workload which you couldn't do and i think some people were i don't know i i don't think it was fish and i get why you're like Oh, the running back workload is just more guaranteed, but in this instance, it's not. Doyle, I, mean, I, I think the running back workload is more guaranteed in a normal offense. Yes, but when it's a backup running back coming in who we've seen struggle with efficiency, and we know that Jacksonville made this made this call literally the day of. This wasn't like an injury where Ivory was getting the workload all week, um, and they game planned for it very easily. If Yeldon would have been hot, I Yeldon mean the fact, taken, the fact that the they doesn't get. There's no way Doyle doesn't get seven to ten targets in this game unless he gets injured. The fact that they did it the day of actually made me feel better about Ivory because I thought it would just be like the last time Fournette didn't play where Ivory played, um, I believe, 54% of the snaps and, like, out-touched Yeldon two to one. Yeldon was just way better on the touches he did get. Yeah. I don't feel fish about it at all. I get how it would seem that way from like a first look of just running back workloads more guaranteed, but yeah, the fund, the fundamentals of playing a tight end over a running back for basically the same price feels bad. But when you add in all of the contextual factors, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Wide receivers. We all had the lock of the week. T Y Hilton. What, what was he owned in GBPs? I know that I did not like, take, I didn't take him in GPPs because I knew he would be like the, the, the play. Yeah, he was like 27 or 30% on in GPPs. Oh, that, was a bad, that was a bad fade by me. Not, not results-wise, but at only 25 30%, I should have had more of him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's still pretty high for GPPs on a wide receiver. But. No, but a guy who's 4,900 who like literally every game at home scores a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah, I mean, T.Y. and don't you just lock it up. Was there any doubt that Hilton was gonna? Well, no, he wasn't at home, wasn't it at Houston? Yeah, but it, okay, but it was in, it was on that turf or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought Ty was a good play just because of his price. I mean, obviously, it's easy now to say it after a thirty-seven point. Experience. Yeah, but like the matchup and like whatever, like that, like no one was debating Hilton as a play. He was like the first guy in. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the other two. For me, I went with Baldwin and Bryant. I think a lot of people went with Thomas. Yeah, I, ended up with I, feel Thomas. Stupid. I feel stupid about Michael Thomas. I mean, I don't think it's stupid. I think Thomas is a very clear – I mean, what, um, what upside has he shown at all? I mean, that's part – I think part of it is just like he, – he, he, he is a Saints wide receiver, a Drew Brees leading wide receiver with no 100-yard games. When, when do you think the last time that Drew Brees – and his leading wide receiver didn't have multiple hundred yard games in a season. Uh, like we're we're on we're on week nine. Michael Thomas, no hundred yard games. I know, but still the eight, eleven, eight. I mean, the targets that you could have projected, ten targets from Drew Brees at home. Two um, two touchdowns on the year hasn't scored one since week four. I understand that, but ten targets at home, I don't think is a bad play. I just think it it didn't. 
I mean, he only, he had what did he convert eight eight of those? Uh, yeah, targets? I think I think he even kind of ran hot to get the stats he did get. Yeah, he had a forty percent target share. The issue was they New didn't Orleans have had the game. Yeah, New Orleans had the game in hand by half. So it was like I actually think Michael Thomas could have been a fine play. It was just it didn't work out. I, I don't, don't think, think he was. I don't think he was a bad play, but I think like. Do you really think playing a Drew Brees wide receiver at that price that's going to get 10 targets at home is bad? No, Drew I don't Brees think it's so I, unreal efficient at home over his career that I don't ever think that's – I always think it's plus EV to get shares of that off. But, but the reason I settled on him was just because I didn't really know what else to do with the money at that spot. I hated every wide receiver underneath him down to Dez. And, like, I just felt like wide receiver was terrible this week. Like – who really jumped out to you outside of Hilton as like a great play? Dez. Dez was like the lock. <laughs> Dude, Terrence Williams had his game though. I know, I know. But to me, like all week, Dez was a lock. I actually had Dez above projected for more raw points than Michael Thomas at like an $800 discount. I, I felt a little skittish about him just because of playing against Peters, but this is actually crazy. So Cowboys wide receivers, nine receptions for 141 yards for Terrence Williams. Four receptions, 24 yards, and two touchdowns for Cole Beasley. Like, Dez had the worst fantasy game out of – Well, Dez also got hurt and didn't play the last two drives. Yeah, but still, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm I, just saying. I think after the game – I mean, did you hear – did you read all the Cowboys things after the game, how they were all frustrated about the crappy stadium and the lights and the sun blocking their eyes in the whole first half so everybody had drops? No, no, I didn't was, hear that at all. I didn't. Yeah, know there was some, there were some egregious drops in the game, and you could clearly see that it was because of the sun. Like um, these guys are looking right at the sun, and it was like, how dumb is this stadium? And then after the game, Terrence Williams and Dez both said it um, that it clearly affected their play. I mean, it probably affected the other team equally, right? Um, I mean, or no, because they were going away from apps, it. Yeah, when you switch. Did so. you did you see the Tyreek Hill play? I did, and it was, it was that talk about luck boxing it. I mean, how does that happen? I've ever seen. Like I, I've never seen anything like that. I've been watching football my whole life. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, that's just egregious defense. That's just egregious defense. And you, I, I, I don't know how you let that happen. The, I mean, I if, the, if the Cowboys would have lost that game, it would be even more mind numbing. Thankfully, they did not. That would be so Cowboys. Are the are the Chiefs? Uh, maybe. Not as great as we thought? Um, I think the Chiefs are good. I think um, where they were performing was just obviously a little bit I higher. also think Dallas actually might be a good football team. I mean, yeah. I think with Sean Lee back, that defense is a lot tougher than expected. I think you saw it. I mean, he shut Kareem Hunt down for the most part. Crazy, um, though. Kelsey. Kelsey still did what he does. Yeah, Kelsey's unstoppable. But um, – Cream Hunt was shut down for the most part, and then Andy Reid went away from Cream Hunt in uh, crunch time to try to get Sharkandrick West the snaps and all those passing work, which um, was interesting. Cream Hunt had a season low in snaps with only 32, and I think it was like 27 to uh, to Sharkandrick, which I mean that's that's not good. That's not good when you're losing snaps like that in in crunch time. That's never a good thing. It's not great. Um. So we both played Burton. 
Yeah, and then it was Burton, and then uh, I ended up with Colt Steed just because it was a yeah, two K defense going up against Tom Savage. I mean, there wasn't much. To That's that probably play. the easiest play of the week. Once like yeah. I thought about it, like at first I was like, no, can't play the Colts defense. They're terrible. I gotta gotta pay up for the Jaguars or whatever. And like the Jaguars were still good, but like yeah, you I think you had I think it was just like bad math to not play the Colts. Probably. Yeah. I thought the Eagles were fine and the Jags were fine, yeah. but like. At that price, like I just think, whenever you're paying thirteen hundred dollars above something else on a defense, even if your projection is like two points difference with the variance and the standard deviation that you're going to have with defense, it just makes much more sense to put that towards your skill positions. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like I don't. Did the Colts even? Did they? They put up eight points. I know. Oh, they didn't even get it. They got one turnover though. The whole game though against Savage. Like that's probably even like running bad. Well, the reason they ran bad was because the one uh, – Houston only scored one offensive touchdown. The other one was a, um, was a interception return from an egregious Brissett pass, which hurts their defense because it counts those points against them. That's crazy on DraftKings that it counts that way. Yeah. That's insane. That's a terrible rule. That's worse than them not including the Sunday night game. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Are we ready to, uh, to look at some things we learned? Yeah, I mean, overall, I think it was a pretty straightforward week. I mean, I think, like, most of the guys that we thought were going to do well, most of the cash plays did. Um, I think other than Ingram, like, Ingram was, the, I think, the big cash. Yeah, he was the bad shock. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking at raw box scores or if you're looking at raw totals after the, after the week, obviously the top three running backs are going to surprise everybody. I don't think anybody thought Kamara, Clement, and Matt Forte would be – your uh, RB one, two, and three. Clement balled out, dude. He did. Um, and I don't think anybody would have assumed that those three would be your top guys. But um, I mean, I wasn't too surprised. I think obviously um, those guys I think were somewhat surprising. But overall, if I look at the week, a lot of things played out the way that we thought it would. I think um, AP is just getting crazy volume. I don't care how inefficient he is. If he's going to continue to work like this, I mean, he, he, he might be more I, – I, I never think about him as a play because it's like AP and I can't – I think I would like – my computer would shut down if I tried to put him in my lineup, but um, – There's no way your nerd box would let you play Adrian Peterson. Dude, if, I know. I mean, I, Drew, Stanton, I, Drew Stanton completing half of his passes and throwing two touchdowns is not something that I predicted this being possible. No, but like the workload that AP got is just dude, dude. Carlos Hyde though, Carlos Hyde nine receptions. Yeah, that was nice. That was very nice from Carlos Hyde. That but, was who. That was who I had before the Ivory. Th- my my pre Ivory News team would have been very good. But I mean, literally, AP had thirty seven rushing attempts. Do you get that? I mean, that will not. I I predict that he will not top twenty two for the rest of the year. Okay, but he had. He had 37 rushing attempts with four targets. And since he's been in, um, since he's been uh, in this offense, he actually is leading the league in those three games for Arizona in overall offensive share. He's had 45.3% of the offensive snaps um, were plays towards him in these three games, which is obviously this one game is blowing things a little bit out of proportion, but still like, I mean, that workload is something that needs to be talked about more than I think we are i mean i just i refuse to i'm not gonna buy into it i won't okay would you you, i would say he's 
the way that some people would play like a Jordan Howard, I think I would play an AP. So if I could go back in time and tell myself that Adrian Peterson is playing the 49ers, just like try to make myself more apparent that that's a thing, I would play him. But I think like the fact that they played the 49ers made Drew Stanton being the quarterback not matter that much. But the fact that Drew Stanton is their quarterback is going to keep this from happening again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it was obviously, you know, a nut. I mean, but I think you could have projected him to have 22 to 24 carries. Yeah, I, I think you could have, and I think that would be valuable in this matchup if I was going back and reprojecting this week again. So 22 to 24 carries at four yards per carry. I mean, you don't need crazy efficiency to be a good play at 5.6, which I just feel bad because I didn't look at a piece at all this week, and I probably should have. Yeah. Uh, something I learned for the Panthers, they're going to – their passing game with no Benjamin, it's it's Funchess, it's McCaffrey, and then it's a little bit left for Samuel, and they're just gonna try and run a lot. Mm-hmm. Like Cam, Cam only completed thirteen passes to three separate wide receivers. Wow, that's pretty crazy. McCaffrey actually outrushed Jonathan Stewart, but Stewart fumbled twice in this game, and they still went back to him. They they do not want to fully turn the ball over to McCaffrey. Which is nuts. I mean, he did have his highest rushing attempts of the of the season, though, with 15, which is encouraging. You know, the 15 rushing attempts and six targets. Um, I actually think seeing how much he was touching the ball <laughs> is encouraging. I mean, I should have played him over Ingram, I think. I, I had him in for a little while. I was looking at it. Over Ingram, I think, would have been would have been tough. Uh, well, I mean, looking back now, like I was saying. Yeah, earlier, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to divorce, like, what you think of right now versus, like, what your thoughts were earlier, but – I mean, McCaffrey was a pretty strong play, I feel like. Yeah, at 6.5, <laughs> went up against Atlanta. One of Atlanta's biggest, biggest weaknesses is uh, giving up pass to passing running backs. But I actually don't look at McCaffrey as much as a passing running back because of how much they snap him out. Yeah, he's, he's a slot wide receiver. He, he basically runs different routes than most of these. So it's like everybody was talking about Atlanta's defense giving up to running backs, but it's like if he's running wide receiver routes, he's not running those against the same guys that are getting destroyed in the linebacking unit. So. Uh, but, yeah, McCaffrey was definitely a strong play this week. Um, I just think Ingram for, what was he, $1,000 more would have been tough to fade the, before snap or before lineup lock at least. You know who is an absolute stud that we've said like every week, but I think it's just so important that we continue to say this? Who? Oh. Carson Wentz. Dude, he's, he's, he's the GOAT. 51, 51 points on the Denver Broncos. Literally, like, all week it was like, man, that price tag is so freaking – but it, it's, it's Denver. I'm like, well, you know, you can't do this. You can't do this. And then he goes out, and in 27 passing – I mean, Goff, Goff was the better play given the context of the game than Wentz was, though. But still, like, to put up this efficiency versus that defense, like, defensive adjusted, uh, I mean, Dak was – or, I mean, not Dak. Wentz, Wentz had an incredible game. And Alshon, Alshon with his first like big Alshon game of the year, eighty-four yeah, yards, finally, two touchdowns. Finally, did something with all the air yards that he's been getting. Yeah, Corey Clement led the backfield in touches uh, in Ajay's first game. Blount actually had more carries, and Smallwood still had five. I I don't know. Are are you? Do you even care that Jay Ajay is on the Eagles now? No, I mean it just makes me want to fade the whole thing even more. Like I just I'm not going to look at their running backs. The only people I'm going to look at on this. Uh, offense is Wentz naked Wentz I think is okay because I think 
a lot of times you're going to want to try to stack him with somebody, but because he's so proficient at getting the ball to different guys, like it could totally be a Tory Smith smash spot where he gets a hundred yards or, or Nelson Aguilar breaks one or Alshon breaks one or, or Ertz does. So I think naked wins is just the way to go in tournaments. Uh, I'd probably always try and stick him with one of the wide receivers in a tournament actually. Because his high his high air yards means that like when one of his receivers does have a big game, like they can just get to the hundred yard bonus in like three targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fair too. He just he can spread it out. He's got so many guys he he goes to. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, Nate, not dead, not dead, not dead. Like, like but I think really, that's more like of a really not part. dead. I never, I don't think we ever thought Jeremy Macklin was actually dead. I think it was just Flacco is just. Flacco. Yeah, he threw, he threw 52 passes. Yeah, and so I, I, I don't feel any different about him go, about Macklin going into the week. It's more of just like Flacco. It's going to take quite a bit of passes for him to be a competent quarterback. You know what, though, I I believe that Derrick Henry is overrated a little bit. I think. You think so? I just think that people talk about him and the Titans in the way that like I used to talk about football when I was like 21 where I'd be like, well, if the coaches oh, just like, felt like 12 months ago. Yeah. Like if the coaches were, would just give, if they just give all the touches to this player that I say is really good, they would just gain 10 yards a pop and they would score touchdowns all the time. And I don't know, like Derrick Henry is not Bo Jackson, right? No, but it is true that their offensive line is very, very, very good. Yeah. But also, you know, who else is good? Former league-leading NFL rusher, DeMarco Murray. True. Like, I don't know. Like, somehow all these people who really like Derrick Henry have turned DeMarco Murray into, like, the Thomas Jones, Jamal Charles thing. No, I don't think it's that bad. No, but people act like it is, though. People act like Murray is, like, as bad as Jones was in that season. I mean that, which is, I think it's egregious. I mean, there's, I mean, he's been slightly more efficient, but not even that much. And I think Murray or DeMarco is clearly a better pass catcher. So. I mean, I like, I like Henry. I think he's good. I just think it's someone that like Twitter has been like, he's amazing. I mean, everybody loves those young semi looking athletic guys who then behind an offensive line look elite because when they get holes, it looks like they're unstoppable. Buck Allen, seven receptions from Javorius, man. Yeah. Javorius. That was, that was, it's always good. I mean, you can't count on that though. Like tomorrow or next week, Alex Collins could come out and get 24 rushing attempts. And I mean, he got 13 like, rushing attempts in this one. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just, you can't count on that backfield right now. Uh, Jared Cook, he balled, he balled hard on the Dolphins. Which, yeah, Dolphins. No, but I mean, Jared Cook, like, is kind of their best pass catcher for fantasy right now. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's bold, but I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, Cooper just like barely exists to me. And crab. Yeah. Crab over crabs. Very good. I think crabs still underrated crabs. Crabs just unbelievably consistent. I mean, just not at, not a good year for the Raiders in general though. No, like they yeah. Just, their offense. They is just talk and they keep back. getting beat. Maybe Latavius is the secret weapon. You pull yeah. him out and everything falls apart. Uh, so kind of crazy for the new look Miami Dolphins with Noah Jai. Nine carries for Drake, seven carries for Williams, 
six receptions for Williams, six receptions for Drake, receiving touchdown for Williams, uh, no touchdown for Drake. I, I don't the know. Only, the only important thing that happened was right as JGI scored his first touchdown, uh, Jarvis Landry on Twitter just adding him and blowing him up was was the best thing of the week. Wait, in like what context? Like calling him out or like being No, like for excited him. for him. And it was just like, how great is that that after he leaves Jarvis, he gets his first touchdown and Dolphins guys are all rooting for him. Jarvis Landry was uh, fifth on the team in receiving yards with, I don't know, a lot of targets. I don't have targets in my box score. Well, that's a bad box score. Um, I mean, Jarvis Landry, if, I mean, it's Jarvis Landry. We know who he is. We He's just he the worst. He's the worst. He is he your most hated like player. Is there anybody else that you hate more than Jarvis Landry? I don't know specifically if I hate him the most, but he is the embodiment of the things I hate about football the most. Yes. Because he does not do anything that creates a winning culture or points or anything. He, he's bad. Seven targets, six receptions for 32 yards. He did score though. With 26 yards after the catch. Oh my God. I mean, he's basically Darren Sproles kind of. But not as fast. Or athletic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, did you learn anything else, my friend? Not really. I mean, like I said, I think... Every, this- every Washington running back is the worst running back. Dude, Chris Thompson is still going to... Like, when he get that many passing targets, like, on DraftKings, you always have... I don't, even, I don't even think about him as, like, a running back. I, I, I met Kelly and Ryan. Oh, okay. I was going to say. I, yeah, obviously, those two. I don't I, again, I don't play guys on DraftKings who do not have passing upside. I just don't Yeah. Doxon, Doxon though, finally a, a multi catch game. Finally. Took forever. He's, he like legit right now entering the starting lineup, like right now, he's gonna lead the Redskin skill position or I guess wide receivers no, in fantasy. Dave, Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis is the one who gets all the work, dude. Yeah, but Jordan Reed will will play again for another three weeks before he gets hurt. No, Jordan, Davis, Jordan Reed can't finish the game healthy. Uh, Vernon Davis had nine targets for, um, for 72 receptions. Why don't they play Vernon Davis like a wide receiver while Jordan Reed is healthy? I mean, they should. He... I mean, they have all these problems. Like, they're giving targets to Jameson Crowder and Ryan Grant and Brian Quick. And, like, why, why wouldn't they just play Vernon Davis? Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, a 30% target share this week with 93 air yards and led the – led the receiver so i mean they definitely target him when he's out but or when um when reed is out so how weird is it going to be when like like prior got paid all this money by washington got an upgrade in quarterback got an upgrade in offensive coordinator i i guess at least in coach and he's gonna be like 30 percent as productive as he was last year what if I told you starting the season that by week nine, Brian Quick was going to end up being a more productive receiver in week nine than Terrell Pryor? I just like, I mean, first of all, I love Brian Quick. So I would, I would kind of be like, for real, like that's kind of cool. Cause I would assume they were both just having like 100 yard days like every day. No, I mean, this is just insane that but, Terrell Pryor. What, what do you think the cause of this is? Like, what do you think is so different about this year than what he was doing last year? I mean, is, potentially, is just, I mean, obviously this is a reach, but potentially. When a guy's never played wide receiver before and has one good season, potentially there's a chance that maybe he doesn't ad- ad- adapt to a new offense as well. 
because he has no idea about the position. Maybe last no, year. but but listen though, there's a very easy refutation to that, and that's he was a quarterback for seven years before that. Who knows and understands offenses and route concepts better than quarterbacks? Well, I'll tell you what, he's not picking up this Jay Gruden offense. I mean, it's no, it, but how do you how do we have any idea that that's the problem? It's not an athleticism problem. That's what I'm – I think the problem very likely is just a lack of targets. But it's not just a lack of targets. I mean, it's, it's – do, do you think Cousins doesn't trust him to throw him in those tight windows that those terrible Browns quarterbacks did? It could be that. It could be that. But, I mean, it was like prior started the season getting targets. Week one he had 11 targets. Like he started the year as the guy. It's not that it's not that he was never given the opportunity to be the guy. Yeah, I'm not saying he's been good. I'm just saying it's one of the most perplexing things because it's not like when you watch him play, you're like, well, this guy can't play football. I know. I don't get it. He's an athletic freak who – I mean, there's got to be something that he's either not understanding the right – he's not running No, the but this is – like we're not talking about a guy who sh- – give it – like the anecdotal evidence would suggest that he understands offenses. That must be something – I mean, I, I have no other way to explain it. It's something with Cousins or with Gruden, I think. Which, I mean, we know Gruden has some weird things. So, Well, Gruden doesn't even like Cousins. That's the, the weirdest thing is that Gruden like, gets gifted this like, free quarterback. Like, Gruden's hated all of his quarterbacks, hasn't he? Remember how he used to yeah, hate RG3. RG3 and then hate on Cousins, and now he's – yeah. Who knows what Gruden's deal is? Who, who are they going to start next year? Idea. They have to franchise Cousins or let him go to the Jets. No, Cousins is going to uh, San Francisco. Fella, Cousins, like the Jets have enough cap room to make him richer than Flacco and Brady combined. Like you don't even understand the amount of cap room imagine? the Jets have. Can you imagine? Cousins they could getting- they could afford to give him a $50 million contract and they would still not be at the salary cap. Ugh. Do you Ugh. understand that like they could guarantee him fifty million for two years? That's crazy. That actually would be fun to watch him get the ball to Safarian Jenkins and, and No, it would be it would be very fun for an NFL quarterback to be guaranteed fifty million dollars a year and then for his coach to be like, I'm not a fan. Yeah. It would be crazy. Yeah. Um all right, so all right, let's move on to two games late. Yeah, man. All right. Uh we have Seattle at Arizona, that's the Thursday game. Detroit at Green Bay is the Monday night game. Uh, are you going back to uh, the Hunley GOAT? Um, I am not. I think whenever Green Bay is on the slate, I think their opposing quarterbacks always in play. I think Stafford's the lock in this, in this four-game slate, or this two-game slate. I mean, I think – See, that, that makes me think that you should just make 150 Russell Wilson teams. If people are going to – if Stafford is even going to be 40% owned. Do you understand how bad this Green Bay secondary can be? especially with the fact that Stafford passes the ball as many times as he does. Yeah, but it's Stafford Russ Hessel and Russell Wilson. An average of like over 40 times a game. I, I don't know, dude. I, it, it's hard for me to see an instance where Stafford doesn't get 40 passing attempts versus this team. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can say to you right now that I think Stafford is like maybe the better math play, but the better theory play, if you're telling me right now that Stafford is going to be the most owned, is to make – Russell Wilson teams instead. True. Because yeah, how many points better would you project Stafford for than Wilson, or would you even at all? Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously Wilson. Wilson's 
and there's no, there are no running backs on this slate. There are zero running backs on this slate. Aaron Jones. Yeah, but Aaron Jones is is going to be a massive dog, and his quarterback is is terrible. I still think Aaron Jones is in play. Yeah, so we got Aaron Jones. Are you playing Adrian Peterson against the Seahawks? No, I mean I think that the only other guy I'd play is it's one of Theo versus Amir. I'd probably go. I'd probably go Theo in this spot just because I think it's going to be much more of a passing game for Detroit than a rushing game. And Stafford has um, quite a bit of uh, passing work in the red zone, which hurts Amir's uh, touchdown equity. So I'd probably go Theo in this spot. Nate, do you remember the game against Atlanta where Ty Montgomery had 10 rush attempts, seven targets, and two touchdowns? And yeah. we came and we came on this show and we were like, "Good God, man, Ty Montgomery, he's like David Johnson, basically." And we too. He he's dead now. He he, yeah, he, is, he got his he, somebody stole his job. Like he he <laughs> he played seven of fifty five snaps uh, in that Saints game two weeks ago. How crazy is this? Here's his DraftKings points by week, starting in week one. Nineteen point three, twenty nine point zero, thirteen. 2.8, 4. 1, 2. 1, 5. <laughs> Talk about <that. laughs> Man, NFL, life comes at you fast, man. Life comes at you so fast. Dude, maybe it's just that running backs, like, I, I mean, this is... It's, it, it's, 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 like, it's such it, a fungible it, position. Yeah, it's just so fungible, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, like, Aaron Jones just... Is the goat, no. and you know what? If Aaron Jones gets hurt and Montgomery yeah. balls out, Aaron guess Jones is gonna, yeah, no hurt job. his rib a little bit, and then Timeout will be back. And yeah, there. I will Aaron. say, here's my biggest take: is that if Procise plays against Arizona, he is like the lock of locks. Don't. Here's my one issue with that because I I thought about that before the show, um, but here's the issue: in it's a short slate or it's a short uh, practice week. I don't think they're going to have as many pro-size plays drawn up, and I don't think he's going to be as much of a part of that offense as it would be if we knew he was coming back and there was a week of game plan and play calling for him, don't you think? I mean, I think that Pete Carroll probably keeps stuff like that in his back pocket. Yeah, potentially. I just think whenever it's a short week like that, you always have to think through. Pro-size has been on the team, though, so like that stuff is in the playbook. Yeah, true. True. I don't know. Like I like I'm ready for ProSize to come back. Like I've picked him up in like seasonal leagues and stuff because I'm like I'm like every other running back on their roster is so bad. Davis Maddox seasonal talk. That's what the people tune in for. Well, it's just like I think ProSize has like easily the most like winning this specific slate upside. Give me some of your other week nine uh, waiver wire pickups. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Terrence Williams. Terrence Williams is like the classic, like who who are other guys that used to exist like him? Um, the guy who played for the Bills, the uh, Br- Lee Evans. Okay, yeah. You're all back. yeah, yeah, Lee Evans, like guys like that who just like one week they catch like they have like 120 yards and a touchdown and then they don't do anything for like a month. That's Terrence Williams, like the third wide receiver on the team. Hey, here you go. Here is a here's a a, a slate winning take. I mean, we all agree Hunley's like terrible, right? Uh yeah. I mean, he's had a couple weeks now. So couldn't couldn't Abdullah just get like twenty five carries here if if Hunley's like really bad? 
Uh, yeah, he could. Like it, like I if know. Hunley, if Hunley throws a pick six to start off, and then it's like three quick three and outs, and all of a sudden Detroit's up twenty-one to zero. Yeah, if Detroit moves the ball and gets in a really efficient spot. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, um, I just think, like I was saying earlier, I don't think Amir's Amir's touchdown equity is as high because of how much Detroit they throw. The red zone. But it's like I would never play theoretic in this slate. I don't think. Would I mean, you? Yeah, I, I talked about it earlier. I'd play Theo over Amir. I think I think Detroit's going to pass the ball in this game. I mean, here's the thing: like, I if Detroit only... gets up on Green Bay, they're going to keep smashing. <laughs> Detroit's going to put up points on this. It's a fair. Like, that is fair. I think it's very clear that versus Green Bay, you want to pass the ball. Why would they try to run the ball with Amir Abdullah 25 times in this game? I think you're going to see Matt Stafford throw the ball 40 plus times. Riddick's like, he's going to get the targets. All right, which Arizona receiver? Scores more than eight PPR points. I don't know. Roll some dice. I mean, it's a mess. I mean, like legitimately, one of these I mean, one of these guys getting deep for one could swing two hundred thousand dollars on this slate. Yeah, it's those are it's so hard to. I don't know what to do with that. I just fade the whole situation right now. Who's your Who's your favorite for their price? Um, Detroit Lions wide receiver Tate. You know what's crazy? TJ Jones, TJ Jones, uh, 17 targets the last two weeks. Yeah, I, I'd still take Tate for his price. Kind of like TJ, 3,800, uh, assuming that Galladay does not play. Guy will not be very owned. I, very, I, I assure you that most people who play daily fantasy football even do not know that TJ Jones has that many targets the last two weeks. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's a. Especially, I mean, this is what you're talking about on these primetime slates. So yeah, I don't care about, like, what is the most mathematically optimal decision on this slate. Like, if you want to build the, uh, the cash team, you go Stafford, um, you go Aaron Jones, you go – who do you, which Seattle running back do you think? I mean, if, if you get word on pro size, but the yeah, issue is you're not going to before tomorrow, so it's Riddick. I think Riddick would have to be the – I don't know. I, I would RB2 is tough. RB2 is tough tomorrow. Okay, then you go Tate. Uh, you go probably just go Baldwin anyways. You yep. go um, Richardson. You play Graham at tight end. Um, you obviously play the Seahawks defense. And you go – who do you go here at Flex, you think? Cobb uh, or Abdullah? Or Riddick? If you, probably Riddick. I don't know. Yeah, so I like mean, there, there you go. That's a like a boring like, but that's not. It's a boring cash. That you yeah, who cares? Um. Okay, so tight end. Yeah, Graham clearly the best possible play here. This is a boring show because you didn't have any fish moves this week. I really, normally, I didn't do anything that's normally stupid. I can like make fun of you for being a fish, and you didn't do anything fishy this week. So I'm proud of you, but it was bad for our brand. Well, here's the thing: when I don't have to go below four thousand dollars at wide receiver. I don't have to do anything that stupid. Yeah, I will say if the news didn't come out today about Burton, um, I probably would have had some fishy plays. I mean, I I probably would have played Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I was looking at him. Actually, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna come 100 percent clean. I would have played Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, or Curtis Samuel, or like it doesn't matter. They all scored like six points. Mm-hmm. Like like Ryan yeah, Grant. I, I, I'm very thankful that the Ertz news came out because that saved my week. I would have done some fishy things. 
I still actually, I, I probably would have had a better team because I, I would have kept Hyde, I think. You wouldn't have had a better team. You would have played a guy, a receiver who got three points. Yeah, but I would have had Hyde. Uh, Hyde over Ivory. Hyde. Yeah, Hyde and Ingram. Yeah, I mean, Hyde was good, though. Yeah, I, I, I still don't. I still think it would have been a mess. Yeah. Um, okay, so tight, tight end in this slate. I mean, I, I, I kind of think Gresham is actually like the GBP guy. Oh no! You know who it is? It's it's Double L Luke Wilson. Oh, that's actually who it is. Because he's he's the one who can have the one target for ten yards and a touchdown line, like he had today. Oh, I I did not even know that honestly. Yeah, today he had two targets, one reception for ten yards and a touchdown. (laughs) I I honestly I did not know that. Well, you nailed it. So that that was. But yeah, like that's like the Luke Wilson line. Like he does that like three times a year. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Tight, I mean, tight end on a four uh, two game slate like that. Yeah. Uh, well, and the thing is about the two game slate is that two of these offenses are unplayable. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's what you do. You just like stack Green Bay. Like the I will actually say this: the most intelligent contrarian decision you can make is that Brett Hundley is not supremely terrible after. Only seeing like Richard Rodgers. Well, no, just like Brett Hundley's only played like six real NFL quarters. He's just had 13 days to prepare for this game. No, 15 days to prepare for this game. Like he could be ready to play here. Yeah, I could see that. Like, like if you just ran out like 150 Hundley teams and he has 24 DraftKings points, like you're crushing the field. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I just—I'll be honest—I don't play primetime heavy. But but there's no one really to pay up for on this slate, though. Is the thing? It's not like you're like paying up for like Julio Jones in this slate. Julio Jones, who's going to drop a touch, a wide open touchdown in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, Julio how Jones is the worst. But how egregious was that today? He's having a bad year. The Falcons as a whole are having a bad year, but he's very emblematic of it. Yeah, he uh, hasn't hasn't been great. Yeah. Hasn't been great for those who thought he was a better pick than Julio or than AB round round one this year. Did you think I that, Nathan? I did not. Good for you. I love AB. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here. Yeah, that's it yeah. for me. That was a little bit more of a relaxing show without Sammy the fish to ruin us. Well, yeah. I'm. Did Sammy have any fish plays? Sammy had some fish plays because he ended up with more, less points than you. Uh. He, yeah, he had, he had 154.5, so just looking at my team, I bet he just had a different quarterback than me. No, I think he had, like, Lamar Ah, who did he have? Oh, yeah, he did play Lamar Miller. So which, he, got, he had, like, a 2v2 versus me somehow. That was yeah. worse. Which is, yeah. He might have faded Burton, too, I think. No, he's not that stupid. I thought he thought Burton was L- Let me tell you this. If anyone you know did not play Trey Burton, they're not good at DFS. They don't have the tools to be good at DFS. They don't, <laughs> they don't understand the concept of how it works. Like, that person will never get it. They will never understand the purpose of the activity. <laughs> Just leave them be. Like, if, you're, if your tout was like, he's a good tournament fade, they don't understand the activity. They don't get math. They should not yeah. do this anymore. 2.5 min price tight end. He, he was the lockiest uh, 2.5K DraftKings player has ever been. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, on that note, boys, that's going to do it for us here. We will uh, we'll see you back bright and early next week.